Uh, if you are new, what we're going to do is we're going to hold our Bible up on the count of three and say word on the count of three. One, two, three, say word. One more time, say word. Very good. Let's turn to Matthew chapter two. Matthew chapter two. I cannot believe my wife was up here on stage. Looking all purdy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. Amen. Let me say amen on that one. <laughs> Don't be too enthusiastic about that amen. <laughs> I'm sure that every single one of you in your heart and in your mind at some point and maybe on a regular basis would say to yourself, um, I was made for something great or I was made for something better than what I have. There's more to life than what I'm experiencing. I, I believe that I'm destined for that. Can I get an amen, anybody? Amen. The question is, how do you get there? I would agree with you that you were made for something better than what you have. All of us, that we are all pursuing something. Some of us are pursuing the wrong thing or pursuing what God has for us the wrong way. I propose to you that your, what is better for you is not your better. In other words, I deserve better. I want better. And you're, you're right, but that better is not your better. Uh, in the... In heaven, the ruling principle is peace. Peace in the sense of not quiet because there's going to be shouting and thunder and lightning and praise and worship. But it's all going to be in accordance with who God is and all going to be directed at God. There is no division or dissension, criticalness, conflict in heaven. It's all consistent. It's peace. We can be in here shouting and screaming at one God and worshiping in unity. That's peace. It's peaceful. It's right in your heart. And the ruling principle in heaven is peace. The ruling principle on earth is control. Everyone say control. And control is I, I have to control and make my environment what I want it to be. I'm going to get what I want, say what I want. I want you to do what I want and, and surround myself with people what I want. It's all about what I think and what I want. So the ruling principle in heaven is peace. We're in alignment with the kingdom of God. And, and by the way, the kingdom of God is being submitted to the authority of God. So everything's in alignment with authority to God. And on earth, everything's got to be in alignment with authority of me. It's conflict. And so what God has for you, which is better than what you have for yourself, it's in you. The Bible says God has put eternity in you. There's something in you that's yearning for more and, and, and ultimately yearning for heaven. Even non-believers will say at funerals, I know he's in a better place. They just inherently know there's something more because God put it in us. But we think because we live in on the world where the ruling principle is control, we think we're going to get that more by doing it our way. I'm going I'm I'm to make my decisions. There's a song out. I actually like the sound of the song, but when you listen to the words, it's, it's very secular. Uh, it's called, you, I don't know what the name of the song is, but the, the, the chorus is, you don't own me. Anybody know that song? There's a commercial with a girl who's a little chef, and, and she gets her own little uh, 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 food truck. And it's like, no, I'm going to do it my way, and it's all about me. And, and what happens is when God comes into your life, God comes into your life to bless you and to fulfill that yearning you have. 
But if God comes into your life and your philosophy is you don't own me, if your philosophy is I am in control, you're at conflict with Jesus because the only way you can get what he wants for you is to surrender control. Those two things are in conflict. And the more control you have and the more control-minded you are, the more a conflict you will be at the idea of God. One of the reasons, or I say one of the reasons, the reason that culture is trying to kick Christ out of Christmas and kick Christ out of culture is because acknowledging that there's a God is acknowledging that I need to surrender control. So if I eliminate God, then the only person to control is, to have control is me. But if I acknowledge that there's a God, almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful, I have to submit to him. I don't want to do that. So the only way to get rid of that dilemma is get rid of God. And so in this story we're going to read, it's, it's a passage when Jesus is born, Herod is the king. Herod is in control. Herod became king at 25. Herod was very evil, very paranoid. He killed his own kids. He killed one of his wives. And, and he, was, he, he killed anybody who was in opposition to him because he, was, he had to have control. And he, he acquired and kept control and exercised control through violence. But he was trying to get what he wanted, not what God wanted. So, and when Jesus came, Jesus said, Jesus was, was uh, uh, pronounced king at birth, even before birth. And so Herod's going to get the news that there's another king on the scene. And that king was prophesied by the Bible, so that king is a divinely appointed king. And Herod's, the only way he can, he can respond is by exercising control. He's going he's gonna to lie, he's going to cheat, and he's going to kill a bunch of kids in the town, all the kids in the town trying to kill Jesus. And so you have to decide, are you going to be like Herod trying to assume and maintain your kingship in your life by control? Or are you going to, by faith, surrender it to God? It's just one or two options. There's no middle. People who say, well, I don't believe in God, it doesn't, it doesn't remove the responsibility to submit to God because it doesn't make God go away. It's like saying, I don't believe in the U.S. government, so I'm not going to pay taxes. <laughs> I mean, if it was that simple, that would be, be pretty cool, but it ain't that simple. <laughs> okay, uh, you're driving 90, officer, I don't believe in the speed limit, so I'm driving 90. Okay, you don't have to believe in the speed limit, just, but you're going to pay this ticket. So let's read, let's read. And I want you to, I want you to just notice the difference of these two kings. One is going to exercise control to maintain his authority. And the other one, Jesus, is just going to receive his kingship. Look what it says in verse 1 of chapter, uh, chapter 2 of Matthew. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the kings of Herod the king, days of Herod the king, behold, a wise man of the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was tripping. Because he's the king. And it says, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them when the Christ was to be born. And they said, in Bethlehem, of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd his people of Israel. When Herod had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the far east went from them and it, until it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come to, into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, 
his mother and fell down and worshipped him. Everyone say worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gold, frankincense, myrrh. Gold because he was a king. Frankincense because he was a priest. Myrrh because he was going to die. Then being divinely warned in a dream they, they sh- that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country a different way. And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there till I bring word to you. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child by his mother, uh, and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod heard that he, that he saw that he was deceived, when, Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all the districts from two years old and under, according to the time which had been determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Look at number one in your notes. It's just a simple question. I need to release control of what? There are certain parts of your life that are not what they could be, not what they should be, what God would want them to be. They're not satisfactory. Matter of fact, they're bringing pain into your life. Some of your relationships, you would love to be blessed. Matter of fact, raise your hand if you would love a relationship to be blessed in your life. Anybody? Very good. Raise your hand. Oh, let me try that one more time. So raise your hand. Ooh, imagine if you said, God, I release control of this relationship because it is not what it should be. Now, if you do that, you must be really willing and ready to receive what God has to say to you because certainly he's going to tell you you, something, you have to do something wrong, different. Often we want to be right versus doing right. If you're having an issue with somebody right now and you say, God, show me how what you want me to do, that your will will be done in this relationship. Be ready for God to tell you to do something. He's not probably going to tell you about them. He'll deal with them. But you have to be willing to say, what do I need to do right versus be right? Last time you were in a discussion with somebody where you had a difference, if you in your mind were thinking, I am going to win this argument, or were you thinking, I just want to win the relationship? Because if in your mind you just have to be right, you're going to do anything to be right and miss the whole point of the relationship in the first place, which is reconciliation. And the only way that can happen is if you do right. And sometimes doing right means just saying you're sorry. That's it. Let's practice. Just say this with me the way I say it. Say, I'm sorry. Ooh, Ah, I feel good, don't I? (laughs) Let's try it one more time. I just want you to say, just like this. I'm going to say two things. I'm sorry I was wrong. Say it. Yeah. Now I want you to say it real soft. I just want you to think late night radio. I want you to think, hey girl. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Boom. 
Let it go. Your relationship with your girlfriend, your relationship with your husband, your relationship with your spouse, your neighbor, your child, your employee, employer, let it go. Don't argue to be right. Let it go. Let go of control of your diet. Let go of control of your money. Let God tell you what to do with all those things. I had a conversation with a guy a long ago. He says, I, don't, I just don't trust God with my money. What do you think he is going to do with it? He doesn't need your money. Do you want God to bless it? Then tell him, bless it. I surrender it to you. Well, I don't believe it's his. Well, tell him, I don't believe it's yours. And then really, because he, he thinks it is, so you might want to clarify, and then tell God, you can't take it. Now, I'm telling you, don't say that to God. You want God to bless your health. God, here's my body. I surrender control. I don't want to treat this body my way. I want to treat it your way. Because the better, the better idea you have for my body, it is your idea. You're going to execute that. The better you have for me in my, the, the better career that you, I have in my heart, I just feel in my heart, there's something more for me. I surrender my career to you. Tell God that. God, please, I surrender my career to you. Show me what you want me to do. I was cut three times in the NFL, and the last time I was cut, I was calling around a bunch of teams and trying to get on a team, and this one executive called me, and it was God because I was no one that an executive should call. And I was really surprised that he called me back personally. And he said to me, Miles, there comes a time in a young man's life when he needs to move on. Something like that. And it was God's way of saying, it's over. And I was like, I don't need you to talk to me. And I didn't say it. I was saying it in my mind. I hung up, right? And it was like God's way of saying, I have something better. God, surrender. Look at number two. And you know, look, at, look at this verse. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Everyone say rest. This is not a good night's sleep rest. How many of you had a heavy heart and you slept all night and woke up and was still heavy? Can I get amen? You were still tired. Can I get amen? And when you have a heavy heart, everything else is bad because you see everything through your heart. The Bible says, protect your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the issues of life. God says, come to me, and I will give your heart rest. Well, you don't have to strive and take control and fight and claw to get what you think is going to make you happy. Because many of us are chasing things that are not designed to make us happy. And then we find ourselves 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old going, I just wasted a whole lot of energy chasing nothing. He says in Matthew 11, 28, come to me, and all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest 
for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, I surrender control. In a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say to God and to actually pray to God. I just give you control. Give control of my sexuality. You know, God created sex. Sex is awesome. That's a statement. It's a fact. It's a fact. But it kills people. God made it. God, I want you to bless it. And I don't want it to kill me. So let God guide you in that. You and God. God bless my life. I give you control of my diet. I give you control of my career. I give you control of my mind. Number two in your notes. I was born into the greatness of. Now, in your heart, you're like, man, I'm supposed, to be, I'm supposed to be on TV. I'm supposed to be in the movies. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be that. I'm supposed to be that. Okay, all that aside, let's put that aside because I'm going to propose to you that there's something even greater than all that you were born into. The thing you were born into that is greater than anything is to have a relationship with God and to represent the glory and power and love and forgiveness of God. That when people met you, they met the patience of God, the love of God, the power of God in your life. You were made for that. Not doing things, but that God would do something in you and through you. And then if you said, God, the only thing, I, I, I know the greatness that you made me for is that you and I would have a relationship. And that you and I would talk and I would hear you and I would be able to speak for you and encourage people in your name. You know what the best thing about Toys for Joy for me? is walking up and down the aisle and seeing thousands of people, literally, because I went to three locations yesterday and one the night before, and is, <laughs> at Lincoln High School, there were 7,500 people standing in line. Some overnight is to walk down that aisle and see these people with their kids st- standing in line and with hope in their eyes. And to be able to go up and say, God loves you. Just know God loves you. And them say, thank you. That's it. That's it. That's the most powerful thing you can be, is represent the love of God. That's it. And if you can do that, everything else will happen. And what I mean by everything else will happen... You're not going to be caught up in all these other worldly things that the devil's telling you you have to have to be happy. And number three, you know, so I'll, I'll leave you with this one. <laughs> I surrender the battle of to what to God, the battle of your mind, the battle of your pride, the battle of your ego, the battle of your lust, the battle of your discouragement. You're fighting every day. Proverbs 21, 31 says the horse is prepared for, for battle, but the, the deliverance is of the Lord. You know what Jesus had to do to assume kingship? Nothing. He was born. The angel said, go down to Egypt. He went to Egypt. He was a baby. Here, Herod is, is killing people and murdering people and trying to keep control. And Jesus slid right into his calling. You want to slide into your calling and slide? You, sometimes you see people and, you, and you're like, you're struggling, you're fighting, you're trying to make ends meet, and you see other people just appearing to cruise into blessings. Now, number one, nothing is ever what it appears to be. Just know that. 
And if you look at Facebook, don't believe what you see on Facebook because people aren't going to show you the good. Look at my new car. Look at my new body. Look at my new man. One, the body ain't theirs. The man is borrowed. The car ain't theirs. So don't, 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 just don't believe all that stuff. Oh, I saw your boyfriend. Y'all look so happy. Oh, we broke up yesterday. I mean, it's just like, but there are people who say, you know what? I'm not going to fight the fight. I'm just going to, I'm just going to trust Jesus and let God give me what he wants me to have. But just struggling, struggling, struggling. Let it go. Let it go. God, I'm having a conflict. Can you fight, help me fight that battle? Doesn't mean beat that person down. It means heal. I'm fighting financial. Can you provide for me and show me how? What do you want me to do? Bring provision. I trust you. I'm fighting my mind, all the stuff in my head. Can you purify my thoughts? But Lord, I'm surrendering it to you. Jesus, as a baby, was born. All of a sudden, he's 12 years old. He's in the temple just, just outwitting those, outwitting, though, uh, 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 talking, the, the, the religious leaders who had all this Bible in their head. He's like, bada boom, bada bing, bada bing. You don't know what you're talking about. And then he slides right into it. He's walking on water. He's casting out demons. And how did he do that? He spent time with the Father. <laughs> he says you could do the same thing. And so in a minute, we're going to pray. Here's my challenge to you. Think about what you're holding on to, what you're striving for, and let it go. Say, God, I trust you. You can never get better for you than God can get for you. That's just ludicrous to even try. By the way, we all, we all try. We all try. Because we forget. But we need to step back every now and be reminded this ain't about you. What did Herod get? Nothing. He died. A painful death. So in a minute, we're going to pray, and you're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, I, I surrender control. I give up control of an era of your life. For some of you, it's salvation. You, you need to give up your whole life. I give up control. I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to be 60 in three and a half years. And, and my wife and I, we trip. 60? My mom is here. My mom's tripping because her son is going to be 60. What does that say about her? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> She's like, I can't believe I'm going to have kids at a 60. Life went by like, like that. And I look back and I see all the devil did. I'm like, I want to get off his treadmill. So in a minute, you're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, I'm giving up control. Because the more you hold, the more you're going to strangle to death through your power versus letting God have it and bring life into it. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord, I surrender control to you of me. Because I know what's best for me. I cannot get or do. 
If you realize you just need to open your hands up and give control to God of anything, your diet, your money, your relationships, your thoughts, your fear, your expectations on people. Or you just need to give up your whole soul because you never asked Christ to be your Savior. I just want you to pray this prayer. It's a simple conversation with God. Prayer is a conversation with God. It's two ways. You to him, him to you, him to you, you to him. Just pray this prayer. He will listen. In the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I believe Jesus was born of a virgin, died and rose from the dead for my sin. I believe he loves me. I surrender control of my life to him. Jesus, please be my savior, my master, the one who tells me what to do, the one who shapes how I think. It's not a partnership. You are master, I am servant. I surrender my life to you, my pain, my frustration, my anxiety, my heavy heart, I surrender to you. I receive the Spirit of God. I receive the Spirit of God. Eyes closed, heads bowed. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand if you prayed that prayer. And by standing, you are declaring there is something in your life you are surrendering to God. And let me encourage you, don't ever take it back. Let him bless it. Let him bless it. He will give you more and better than you can ever get for yourself. And it will be a whole lot easier. So on the count of three, if you pray that prayer for whatever reason, I'm going to ask you to stand right where you're sitting in all our campuses and our microsites. If you watch it online at home, on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to stand. One, two, three. God bless you. 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 Now here's what we're going to do. Please stay standing. If in a minute, I'm going to ask you to come down to the altar, and we want to celebrate you. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up, and the ushers will bring you down. Let me say this. If you're a visitor, as these people are walking, this is not a time to walk out. This is a time to celebrate. Can I get amen? So if you're standing up, come on down. Come on down to the altar. Let's give them a hand. They come on down. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Just face me. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Let's give him a big hand. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You're welcome. God bless you. 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 Come forward. Everybody come forward. There we go. God bless you. 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 You guys can just face me. God bless you. 
God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen, 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 amen. Amen, say Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, how you doing? Did I get you? Okay. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You're welcome. You're welcome. God bless you. 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 Amen. Amen. God bless you. Come forward. Here we go. Go away. Come on. Come on. Come God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Come forward, everybody. Come. Here we go. Here we go. I get you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Let's give a big hand. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 God bless you. 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 <laughs> uh, if you ever try to take a toy away from a little kid, they fight you. They think that's like everything. Especially if you want to give them a new toy, they can't conceive that there could be something better than what they have. If every day you could say, God, I give my life to you always. Because I know that you, all, all, not only can you give me something better, but you can make this better. And if you give your relationship my wife and I have been married for 34 years. Amen. We have to constantly give our relationship to God. It is no way automatic. We have to still work at it a lot after 34 years. And I imagine it will be like that for the rest of our life. And so don't think while I'm there, I got to figure it out because that's not the goal. That's not the goal. The goal is to surrender and walk with God. That's the goal. And I would challenge all of you in the same thing. All your lives. Sometimes when we're disappointed, always when we're disappointed in somebody else, we had the wrong expectation. There was a miscommunication of expectation. The expectation of this is that I prepare and preach my guts out that God would speak to you and that you would say, okay, God, I'm going to do what you say. Are you following me? Some people have the expectation, I'm going to come and if I get entertained and feel good, that's all I need. Wrong expectation. And so my, my, my challenge is you say, listen, I, I, need to, I need to, what I talked about today and what I know God wanted to talk about today was control. And so for you to go home and say, God, what do you want to say to me? Not what Miles said. What do you want to say to me about control? And if you take that, God will bless you. He will because he, he, he can't lie. Are you following me? 
And he will do something impossible in your life. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I know I'm going to get you out of here. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I asked them, did they want something? And they said to me, I don't think I can get it. I said, that's not what I asked you. Matter of fact, Jesus, his story in the Bible, Jesus asked a paralyzed man, do you want to walk? And his first answer was, I don't have anybody to help me get into the water where he thought the, the miracle was. God's not concerned with you knowing how it's going to happen. Because it's not you to do it. He just wants to, you know, do you trust that he can do it? Are you following me saying? So just trust that God can do it. Lord, I pray for all these people and I, I pray you bless them. And Lord, I pray that as we end this year and go into next year that we would prepare our hearts for next year, that we would be different, that we wouldn't be people who control our life. We'd be people that release our life. And I pray that you would speak to us in our quiet place, every single one of us, because we know what that is, that we would release control to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what we're going to do. If you're new, this is not a time to walk, leave. What we're going to do is we're going to celebrate these people. They're going to walk into that room. So let's give them a hand as they take a right turn and walk this way. Amen. Amen. Amen.